A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. You know, the weather's getting warmer, so I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually... Actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince. But it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie also from Quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hello and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Dori Shafrier. I'm Kate Spencer. And we are not experts. We are just two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. And this is a mini episode where we hear from you, share your comments and thoughts, and answer your questions to the best of our ability. And please remember, we are not experts. We are just podcast hosts. And we always, always, always encourage you to seek support first and foremost from a doctor and or a mental or medical health professional as Need it. And if you want to reach us, our voicemail number is 781-591-0390. And our email is forever35podcast at gmail.com. And here we are. Indeed. Ready to mini episode it up. Let's do it. With this treat. story that is our first ever listener submitted theme song i'm into it reframing the narrative of life yeah i love that so it's really delightful listener thank you thank you so much truly nothing 
makes me more feel more honored than knowing someone went out of their way to write us a theme song. Seriously. Set to the theme music of this show. Yeah. Uh. <sighs> Kicking it off the best way possible. Um, we have an email. Hi, Kate and Dory. I've been listening to your podcast for about six months or so, and I've been meaning to email you nearly every night while putting on my bedtime face. I think of something Kate mentioned a while ago regarding her addiction to Vaseline. I, too, was a Vaseline addict since childhood. About two years ago, I started replacing, quote, toxic self-care items with safer, sustainable alternatives. And I have two suggestions for Kate. One, Vaseline and or two, Healthy Jelly by Third Day Naturals. Both products are readily available on Amazon. I find them both to be pretty comparable to or even better than Vaseline without the petroleum. Give them a try. My lips ne'er shall touch Vaseline again. And so Dory doesn't feel left out. I have a quick story for her and her husband. My current partner and I met back in 2011, due in part to Matt Myra. We were in a long line at Comic-Con. My husband. That's, oh, excuse me, yes, Dory's husband. Check out a recent episode in which we interviewed him. We were in a long line at Comic-Con to see a live recording of the podcast that Matt was on at the time, i.e. Nerdist, and we ended up sitting together, chatting and going out for beers that night. After the convention and many long-distance conversations, my partner ended up moving across the country to be with me, and we've been together ever since for eight years. In a time when it can be hard to meet people... I am so thankful for communities that come together around a shared love, fandom, or in this case, podcasts. This is so sweet. That's such a sweet love story. I told when I was going through the notes for this episode, I read this and I called Matt over and I read it to him. Someone and got, he was very touched. Yeah, they found a found love at a podcast recording. Yeah. That's he magic. said they had, had like they've had proposals <gasps> at live shows. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of love in the air. That's cool. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. As for uh, Vaseline. Yeah. As for these Vaseline alternatives. Yes. Look, as mentioned many times on this podcast, I'm obsessed with Vaseline. So much so that they heard that and sent me like some hand lotion, <laughs> which was very nice. Thank you, Vaseline Corporation. Um, I will try these two products out, listener. I will buy them, try them, and I will report back. Because I have tried other things and nothing can come. Also, you know, as didn't we talk about this with chemist confessions? We did. And they were like, eh, like NBD. Yeah. So maybe we don't all need to be freaking out about Vaseline. I don't know. I don't have the answers. I don't either, but I will try Waxeline and I will try healthy jelly. Thank Great. you listener for the okay. recommendations. Okay, should I read this next email? I want to hear you do it. Okay. Hi, Cat and Door. Earlier this year, my dad became ill and it has escalated a great deal over the course of the year. He is not, quote, that old in his early 60s and has been painfully weighing on my heart. At 26, I still often feel like my dad should be the same jovial, healthy man he was my whole life, and seeing this illness take a lot of him down this year has been a surreal experience. My dad has never shown even the slightest interest in what we would describe as self-care, but since he has gotten sick, he has started to love taking baths. He takes them almost daily and spends sometimes hours in the tub, draining and refilling with hot water so he can just rest and relax. 
Based off of one of your November gift recommendations, I got the idea of making him a bath self-care kit complete with a suction cup bath pillow, a bathtub tray, a book, a candle, and some bath tea satchels. Let me tell you, he loved it. Oh, I'm going to cry. I mean, this is so sweet. Yeah, it's awesome. Absolutely made his Christmas. He didn't even know bath pillows or a bath tray existed. A few days after the holiday, my dad's girlfriend shared that he's been recounting what a great gift it was on the phone to various people who have called to ask about his holiday. Thank you both for the thoughtful recommendations. As a big believer in self-care, I loved all the ideas as things I would use personally, but you also really nailed it with something that spoke to a very sick man who finds pleasure in very few things these days. Listener, well, hey, can we just say what a great daughter and caregiver you are? Yeah. Finding ways to bring like joy and also things that feel good into the lives of someone who's dealing with a chronic illness that someone that you love you know that seems really powerful and it's amazing dory is crying i can see the tears in your eyes they're forming they are but this is really lovely and you just sound like a great daughter and i think i can speak for both of us when i say we're so happy your dad has found peace and calm in the bath in that routine yeah it's just as awesome yeah so awesome and that you could like introduce him to these things that enhance his bath experience. Yeah, that he didn't even know existed. Yeah. You sound great. And what, all we hope, you know, that his health, I don't know what the situation is, but we hope that his health improves. Yeah, we're sending our best wishes. Yeah. Well, we have a little voicemail here. Okay. This has an adorable cameo. Hi, Kate and Dory. Hang on just a second. Sorry. So I'm sitting here with my toddler and we were listening to your podcast and I had to stop the pod and call you guys because you're talking about um, paper planners versus digital. And I just wanted to say, actually, listening to you guys go around and around about your paper planner journey um, actually got me to use a paper planner and it has helped me in my life so like I had the opposite experience of you guys um I keep a google calendar just like uh most of I think you guys do and my husband and I can see each other's schedule and it's super helpful um but I have I think I have ADHD and it really helps me to write things down and to make oh do you need some milk it'll be just a second babe um (laughs) Um, it helps me to like draw a picture of my week. Basically, it helps my brain to like think through what each afternoon and morning and evening is going to be like, and and make the kinds of plans that you have to make when you're a parent and you work. And um, you know, what do we? What needs to be done that this day is going to go okay? Um, which is different than making a schedule. Anyway, thank you all so much for the pod. We're doing great. Um, say bye, Stevie. Say bye to the phone. She's waving to you all. Thank you, Kate and Dory. Say bye to the phone. Milk. <laughs> milk. <laughs> just want to say thank you for putting off your toddler's demand for milk to continue <laughs> that voicemail. That was adorable. I mean... I love that our struggle with paper planners has brought Made her this like, person back to paper planners. Yeah, totally. Another thing I just noticed from what they were saying is uh, it sounds like visually, like the mind visual connection is so strong 
mm, for this person. Mm-hmm. Like that helps them physically see their whole day. Yeah. That really resonated with That's me. That's a good point. Yeah. Sometimes actually just like putting it out on paper does just make it more, I don't know, digestible. I thought this was great feedback. Agree. Not going to start paper <laughs> plannering again. Neither am But I. I'm thrilled for you, listener. All right. Dory? Yes. We're going to take a break. Let's do it. And when we come back, herpes. Great. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So, I for one am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. Quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from Quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or, or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, If you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic intelligent people on this podcast. But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year, I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. 
Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings. There's nights out. It's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Superpower Short. The Superpower Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that thing every day. I do too. Uh, It's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me let me just tell you why. Yeah, get okay, into it. Okay, do you want to tell me why? <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say like I I I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires and just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, "Oh god, like get this off of me." <laughs> No, thank once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see how also, it could like, be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. Well, we received an amazing outpouring of emails and voicemails in response to a listener who 
had asked us for dating advice, but dating as a person with herpes and when and how to tell the people that they're dating and when to bring it up. And Dory and I... And it had some bad experiences. Yes, yes. Telling people who then bailed. Yes. Um, And neither of us have personal experience in this area. And so um, we were so thrilled that so many listeners shared their own experiences with us. And so we are here to share those with you. First up is an email. This person writes, first off, I want to stress the pain and suffering that comes with first finding out. I got herpes in my mid-20s from an ex that never disclosed it to me and felt like I walked around with a big scarlet A in my chest. It was very hard to get back into the dating scene, so good for you. My advice is to be totally honest about having it, but whenever you feel is right, don't stick to a hard number of dates. The right guy or right guy for that night will not turn you down if they are interested in you or care about you. I agree with Cat and Door. Fuck those guys who turned you down. I thought of having herpes as being my new evolutionary superpower of weeding out the bad ones. If they are willing to take that, quote, risk for you, then it's a good thing you didn't sleep with them. Excuse me. If they aren't willing to take that, quote, risk for you, then it's a good thing you didn't sleep with them in the first place. Thank you. Next. Be honest in your own time and the right one will come along. My now husband fortunately was happy to go for it on the second date and we turned out just fine. If you still want ideas for dates that don't end up on a couch, here are a couple of my faves. Parentheses, caveat, all of these could end up with sex if the chemistry is there, but you can start and end whenever you like. Farmer's market and optional brunch. Depending on where you live, beach picnic or regular old picnic. Outdoor movie, hike, themed dinner and a movie art show, gallery opening, or concert. Best luck out there. And this is signed XOXO, 30s, herpes, and thriving. Love this. Great advice. Great advice. Also love all these date ideas, whether or not you have herpes. Yeah, these seem like great dates. Theme dinner and a movie. Cool idea. Very cool idea. Yeah. I mean, I would go out for Italian food and then watch Moonstruck. Oh, Dory, that's like my fantasy. Right? Yeah. Let's do it. Okay, (laughs) great. These are all theme dates that for you and I, yeah. friend dates. <laughs> Sounds great. I love a friend date. Okay. All right. You take this one. Okay. Uh, while I myself do not have herpes currently, my husband does. And it initially had a big impact in our early dating relationship. I had been dating my now husband for a few weeks when we were intimate for the first time. The day after he then told me that he had herpes, I was so upset that he did not tell me before we had sex. I felt like I had not been given all the relevant information before deciding to have sex with him. I remember being more hurt with the fact that he did not tell me prior to having sex than the fact that he actually had herpes. That lack of trust combined with the fact that all I knew about herpes was this horror story that you were told in high school sex ed resulted in me cutting off contact for a week or two. After cooling off for a bit, he apologized and explained to me more about what herpes actually was. After having a few open conversations about it, I felt much more at ease. In hindsight, I think what I would have preferred was would be to have an open conversation about herpes way prior to even ever getting close to the bedroom. Maybe during a lunch date or sometime when I would have had time to process this information and ask questions before deciding to have sex. We've been together for six years. During that time, there have been a few occasions where I've been concerned that I may have gotten herpes, but they turned out to be false alarms. I keep an open conversation with my gynecologist about the fact that my husband has herpes, and she includes it as part of my annual checkups. Aside from that, it really does not impact impact our relationship. 
Random side note, one thing that I found helpful when learning about herpes was an episode from the TV show Adam Ruins Everything, titled Adam Ruins Sex. In the episode, it has a portion about how herpes really is not as big of a deal as it is made out to be. Also speaking with my gynecologist about what the minimal impact might be if I were to ever get herpes was helpful as well. Wow. Great thoughts here. Great listeners. thoughts. And like, I'm, I'm impressed that you were able to move past the fact that your husband didn't tell you before you had sex. Sounds like they worked it out together. Yeah. I'm, I'm like really impressed by that. And yes, like great advice, constant communication with your gynecologist. Yeah. And also I do think so much of us were educated about sex and sexually transmitted infections through very dated sex ed experiences decades my, ago. My sex ed teacher in ninth grade was the assistant football coach, Oof. which like, no disrespect to assistant football coaches, but like this man did not have a background in no. sexual education. Sexual education is like a real, should be treated seriously and, yeah. and be taught by an, a person who's actually like a real sex yes, educator. A sex educator. Mm -hmm. Like I'm also just making sure that STI is the right term because I feel like we grew up using the, the term STDs, which I don't think is used anymore. Yeah. Um, so even like my own understanding is, is dated. I'm now Googling STDs. Anyway, I apologize that I'm probably not using the right terms. Please educate me and I will do my best to educate myself too. <laughs> On that note, here's another email. Dear Cat and Door, you wanted to hear from listeners with herpes, so I am glad to oblige and educate. I am a 31-year-old woman and was diagnosed with HSV-1 on my genitals very recently, less than two months ago. After the initial total meltdown freakout, I armed myself with information and science, all caps. I realized, as your caller mentioned, that it's nothing to freak out about, and that went a really long way towards destroying my own biases and assumptions. At the time of my first breakout, I just started dating someone new, and I told him I wanted to wait a month before having sex. When we finally did have a conversation about herpes, we were having dinner and sitting at my dining room table. I very straightforwardly told him that I have an HSV-1 diagnosis, had had one outbreak, and presented to him some brief medical facts. One, I may or may not have another outbreak in my life. Two, there are meds I can take to, quote, catch an outbreak so that I can prevent lesions from developing. Three, there are literally zero medical consequences to having this, no more than having oral herpes, a.k.a. cold sores. Four, as time goes on, I am less and less likely to have outbreaks. Five, condom use decreases chances of transmission, but it's not 100% effective, and abstaining from sex during an outbreak is the best policy. Six, tons of people carry HSV without being aware because of being asymptomatic, and testing without the presence of symptoms is actually not recommended by health orgs because of the unreliability of the results. However, I was also very clear in telling him that it is possible to transmit HSV when the person who is diagnosed is not experiencing symptoms. I told him that it was important for him to know this because he can only properly consent to have sex if he is fully aware of what he is consenting to. I also said that I wouldn't judge him or blame him if he changed his mind about wanting to have sex with me or if he wanted to think about it. Kate and Dory. He told me that he had never had such a straightforward and adult conversation about STIs before, and the fact that I was able to have it made him feel he could trust me. And then, when we boned later that same night with a condom, of course, it was awesome, and we continue to do so. So here's my advice. One, don't have the conversation when you're getting hot and steamy. Do it in a setting that is more neutral and doesn't entail interrupting your amped up sex drive. 
Two, present facts. Most people without herpes will have biases and very few facts. Three, use a neutral tone and be, for lack of a better word, quote, professional. Four, don't apologize or make it sound like you're disclosing a horrible secret. It isn't horrible and you don't have to apologize. Five, remember that it does remain their prerogative to say no to sex with you and that's okay. Also remember that if someone in possession of all the scientific facts still rejects you sexually because of a diagnosis that basically amounts to a skin condition on your genitals, then do you really want to date someone so judgmental and biased? I hope this plan helps someone out there deal with this kind of situation. Wow. Our listeners are so mature. Smart. Mm-hmm. Thoughtful. Yeah. I love I love the just the arc of the story too of and then when we boned later the same <laughs> night it was awesome. You know I love love to talk about boning. Yeah. Listener, <laughs> you you sound great. This is such great advice. This is really for great all advice. of us. Totally. To have open conversations about sex with our partners. And to uh, appreciate like I love I just love what they said about like their their partner cannot consent without having all the proper information. Yeah. Anyway. Or you can't properly consent without having all the information. I thought that was great. I agree. Um, okay. Here's a here's a counter argument from a listener. Hey, Kat and Dora, I had to pause the pod today because I was kind of upset about something you said in response to the listener who's having a hard time dating with genital herpes. Both of you responded with disgust over the guys who rejected her because of the herpes, calling them dicks and saying she's better off without them. Well, I definitely agree that she's better off without them because who wants to be in a relationship with someone who has a problem with an unchangeable part of yourself? I think it was unfair for you to write off these guys as dicks for their choice. Dating in general is really hard for many people and the decisions you make as to who you want to invest your time with are so personal. I feel like in most cases, it's pretty unfair to shame a person for choosing or not choosing a partner. And also, while I absolutely am not trying to cast aspersions on people with herpes, it is something that's contagious. Even with medication, I don't think it makes someone a bad person to choose not to introduce that risk into their life. I just think it's a deeply personal decision and shouldn't be looked down on regardless of what the choice is. Fair point. I still think they're dicks. I do too. I mean... (laughs) Yes, like I hear you, but I also think I hear you too, listener. I think really what our what the what the gist of our conversation was was that when we said like fuck these guys, it was more like okay, like you don't want to be with these guys anyway. Yes. Like they made their choice. We weren't we weren't saying they they couldn't make their choice. It was just like these are not the right people for you because they made this choice. Yes. So just want I hear you. But I also think, and I think actually this email does kind of maybe not on purpose point this out. I do think that there is a lot of misinformation about herpes out there. And like stigmas. And stigmas about it. And so I, I do sort of hesitate to say like, I don't know. I guess it is, it is someone's choice, but it also sucks. (laughs) Well, and it's also someone's choice to, educate themselves about what is presented to them totally you know totally anyway listener we appreciate you giving us this feedback we do because all feedback is welcome and finally we have a voicemail hi this is daniel from wisconsin i just had to pause the pod as they say to respond to the person who wrote in or called in um i can't remember now about dating with herpes um i don't have herpes But last year, I did meet somebody 
on Bumble. We went on a date, and he actually disclosed to me pretty immediately that he had herpes. Um, it was something that was super important for him, for people to know right off the bat. Um, you know, we talked about it very briefly, and he said, you know, I just want to give you time to kind of think about it, see if maybe you'd want to go on another date with me. Um, and he also suggested... Um, I go to the CDC website to get some more information about it and to perhaps even talk to my doctor to talk about the things that potentially we would have to do to have a sexual relationship if we decided to pursue that at some point and how to keep it safe. And I actually did decide to keep dating him. Um, and I did talk to my doctor. I did some research. And then um, we talked afterwards and just kind of, you know, went through all the things that was necessary for us to do to engage in a sexual relationship. Um, obviously, we used protection. Um, if he ever felt what he called it was a flare coming on, um, he obviously wasn't feeling well, so he didn't really want to do much anyway. But he would definitely abstain from kissing me even because he was very paranoid. Um, he just didn't, you know, want there to be any risk for me, which I appreciated, and I didn't have a problem with it. Um, we're not dating now, but it had nothing to do with that. We just, you know, the relationship ran its course. And, um, but yeah, I think the person who wrote in, this is obviously her decision, and she can handle it any way that she would want to handle it. But I think Dory is absolutely right. If you tell somebody on a first date and they react badly to it, that's their loss, not yours, and you haven't wasted your time, and somebody who actually wants to get to know you is going to understand, and they're going to do the research, and they're going to work with you on it, not against you. So those are my thoughts. Um, dating is hard enough as it is. I, I understand it must be a huge struggle, and I think you're going to find somebody worth your time when they're open to exploring this with you. So thanks so much for the pod. I really love it. Um, and I hope everybody has a great day. Bye. Well, well, well. <laughs> they validated what you just said. Yeah, I feel validated. Good. I'm glad. I just, I just want to be validated. That's all <laughs> she wants. Uh, no, I think that these are great points from someone who's been there. So thanks, listeners. Why are you chuckling over <laughs> there, Dory? I just, <laughs> you know, the song, all that she wants is another baby. Now, I, now I'm thinking, all that she wants is some validation. <laughs> That's why I was chuckling to myself. Okay, let's take a break. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it, and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad, they're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm, okay, which is okay, I know. Which is visible on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin 
feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, Mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here Mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving, that sun is coming at us at all times. OneSkin believes the purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. Well, we're back. Okay. We are going to talk about something I've been thinking about a lot lately. Yield diet culture. Mm. Hey, Kate and Dory. Um, I am calling in regards to the most recent episode. Um, I really appreciated hearing Kate's thoughts on talking to people and having the hard conversations surrounding the toxic way that we speak about eating. And I sort of wanted to get more of your thoughts on how to gently call in, as you guys put it, um, when people are making those comments. I, you know, really struggle with this mostly at work. In my last job, I worked at this big corporation and, you know, they would do things like the biggest loser challenge and um, they'd have bagels or pizza every once in a while and everyone would constantly talk about how they felt about themselves after. Now I work in a much smaller office, but... Um, you know, the two of the three people that I work with are Fitbits and they're constantly talking about steps and logging calories and things like that. So I was just wondering if you have any suggestions for, um, you know, gentle but professional ways that you can say like, hey, like that sort of puts me into a spiral or without having to make everyone feel so totally awkward. Um, yeah, really looking forward to hearing if you guys are able to talk about this on um, a mini episode sometime soon. Thanks so much. Love the podcast. Hope you both have a wonderful holiday. Bye. Ugh, we're talking about it. Diet culture at work is so pernicious. Well, it's also awful how just these this has become like as basic a conversation topic as like the weather do you know what I mean like oh we're all eating bagels on bagel Friday like oh I'm disgusting me too like that it's just it's almost become something to fill space now Mm -hmm. because it's so a part of human interaction 
I'd love to hear how other people have navigated this in a work environment. Well, I, I was going to say when it's ingrained, like there, someone is hosting a Biggest Loser competition, that to me, and it's part of the company, is something I would flag to human resources. What if human resources is playing along? Again, I, then I mean, then I don't know what to do. So you're right. Help us. Someone tell us how to do this, yeah. how to handle this one. I just, I like, I just wonder if... I don't know. How do you start with like a wholesale re-education and rewiring of people's brains? Because that's what it's going to take for people to kind of stop participating in this diet culture. Yeah. And I, I ultimately, you know, you can infuse people with information and and modeling and modeling and you can share your opinion and you can also, I would say, set some boundaries to protect yourself from the spiral that you feel. Yeah. You know, like don't engage, don't sit there and eat your bagel. I mean, it's too bad that this is what I'm suggesting and maybe I'm wrong, but like don't sit down at the table with the people who you know are going to engage in negative self-talk about eating whatever is being offered. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry you're in this situation. Sounds really hard. It does sound really hard. And you know, I'll be honest, it's not something I have given thought to because my work environments in the past six, no, my work environments for almost a decade have been remote. Oh, wow. So I have not been in a corporate office setting, even though I was working for corporations, you know, up until like four years ago, I've not been in a corporate Mm. office setting in a while. So I haven't had to have these discussions in a work setting yeah (sighs) I'm sorry listener that sounds tough yeah I'd love to but you know again I'd love to hear from other listeners about this yeah because I do think it is so pervasive yes totally thank you for taking the time we welcome all calls yep all comments critiques theme songs yep we welcome it all and of course embarrassing stories indeed on that note all right bye bye